Welcome back to Serious Fun. My guest this week is Azima Azmi. She is a lead trainer for GMB Fitness, and she specializes in helping individuals heal their bodies through flow. Azima is not only one of my favorite coaches in my network, she is without question one of my favorite people in my network. In the past year alone, this woman has immigrated to the United States with her husband and has built a business from scratch during a worldwide pandemic. She's incredibly brave, incredibly kind, inspiring, candid, and her story is the epitome of the American dream. We got to record outside in her new home in Ocean Beach, California, so you're going to hear some folks having some serious fun of their own in the background for a little bit, but tune in. We get to talk about finding your people on social media, turning your darkness into light for others, breaking out of old stories to build the life you want, and how play can empower your life. I had a blast doing this, so please enjoy a serious, fun conversation with my friend, Azima Osman. Live from OB. We are live from OB. <laughs> yeah. Where are we? Ocean Beach. Is this Park. where you live? Mm-hmm. I live a couple of blocks down on Del Monte Avenue. So you see. walk here? Yeah. That's unbelievable. It's freaking awesome. <sighs> yeah. And but we're like a minute away from like these cliffs just overlooking uh, the Pacific Ocean. It's the best thing ever. Like wake up in the morning and just go and sit and meditate or just sit and just watch the waves and the birds and sometimes you see like dolphins in the distance too <laughs> so it's like freaking crazy and how long have you lived here now <sighs> we moved here actually right when covid hit mm. and then our um previous roommates you know wanted us wanted us out and you know in and gave a short notice for it and you know, I kind of just trusted our instincts and then somehow this place and we found an apartment or through a mutual friend that was looking for a roommate and then we found this place and it was like just like a blessing in disguise. We were super stressed out because, you know, at the time we were like, we didn't know how we we're going to find a place um, with the whole COVID situation. Um, but it worked out and, you know, he had his reasons. He had a kid with like respiratory issues and at the time we didn't know a lot about what was happening so just kind of trusted our instincts and I guess that was just our our cue to just surrender into like whatever the universe had to offer you know what I mean and it turns out that the universe had paradise to offer so it's not so bad <laughs> yeah yeah Whew. exactly well we did a live start and uh everybody that's listening if they've made it into the show this far mm -hmm. they, <laughs> already, they already know what you do uh -huh. I'm sitting here with my friend my friend Azima and she and I are GMB coaches together, <laughs> but I've already told people what you do. Uh, but I want to know a little bit more about how, who you are, how you got here to Ocean Beach, California. Fill some people in on who Azima is. Who Azima is a lot of things. <laughs> um, let's start with my name and what it means, because I know that you know, you're like, what's that name? What does it mean? Uh, Azima is Arabic. 
of origin. And my full name is actually Nora Azima. And what that means is Nor is light. And Azima means mighty. So it's mighty light. I didn't know this until a couple of years ago, you know. And only, you know, since I went on this pretty crazy journey of just abandoning everything I knew. I'm from Singapore, everything I knew in Singapore and all the safety and security of like living in certain self-imposed like systems and stories like really just abandoning all that coming to America and just building life from scratch everything from you know getting to know myself to reconciling a relationship to you know just rebuilding my business from like ground up mm. in a completely new um country yeah and new environment and all I'm that so one thing that we have in common is that we both know what it's like to be an expat. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that one thing we have in common is we understand how little is understood about how hard it is to be an expat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for you to come here with essentially not knowing very many people besides people that you know on maybe social media yeah. and, then, and then your partner who's from the States, just coming here in general is, is bold as fuck. But the courage to build a business confidently in the way that you have and primarily just just through instagram right mm-hmm. have you used any other things that really help you drive your business at your primary thing i mean i it's just instagram i've only just like built a website that is live now it took me forever to build and stuff and you know buy a domain and trust myself to build a website and you know keep it there um but it really was just instagram and not even a lot of Facebook. It's just Instagram and the communities that I'm in through the GMB network, through um, just finding my tribe, right, through online. And I don't really agree with, like, how, you know, people are saying, like, social media is the enemy and this and that. But it's really the intention mm. that you use it for, you know. And for me, I use it as a tool to connect myself, to put me in front of other people during a time where I couldn't actually be out like putting myself in front of people or couldn't really be out reaching the kind of people that I wanted you know because I you know found myself in this story that oh people don't like what I do and like there's not a lot of people like me and blah 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 well fucking go find it mm-hmm. and you know once I got my head out of my ass that you know it's not good you know I'm get out of this like story a victim story that oh nobody likes me no one but nobody likes what i do and all this stuff like i actually found the people that are weirdos like me and maybe i'm not supposed to be like this group of people but then this uh, other like outside of that circle there's so much more you've touched man you've touched on so many things that we could spend like hours (laughs) unpacking but the first thing i want to talk about is um just this idea that the internet or the social media platforms are good or bad, mm. right? Uh, the way that you're leveraging the tool, because that's all it is, is a tool. You're using it to build and grow and share. Um, but the thing is, is that a lot of people don't know that they can self-empower with these tools. They feel like they're a victim to these tools. So mm. what have you done to really like hone your message through this? Well, I think for me, just getting to a point where I really just had to surrender to like not trying to like control everything and also to feel safe enough to go ask for help, you know, Um, not, 
you know, telling myself that, oh, this person won't give me the time and attention because that, again, that's another story, limiting story that I tell to myself that I'm not worthy attention, that I'm not um, good enough or whatever, right? But once I start just surrendering and like, okay, I need some help here. I'm lost. I can't figure things out on my own. And that's how that sort of just opened up, right? And uh, I had to get really honest with myself with what I'm afraid of and, you know, even like the things that I want and what are the things that um, that I don't know, you know, and just really, really sinking into my own truth about like who I am and who I aspire to be and really always like checking in. Is this my truth? Is this my truth? And is this, you know, what I'm doing online in terms of like the messages that I put out? Is this aligned with my truth? Is that how I want to be remembered? You know, because like for a really long time, I have been, you know, putting content with the um, goal of receiving validation from other people, right? To the point of, you know, almost like um, selling myself out where I'm not really living in my truth, but I'm doing things for other people. And that is super draining. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the more that I um just drop into myself and surrender and become vulnerable and talk to talk about the things that um scare me to talk about but like resonate with me like the more of that openness just comes and the more people that you know think like me want to move like me or weirdos like me just come out of nowhere and these like opportunities and guidance just shows up i feel so what what I'm getting is that, you know, again, we're going back to the, the good or bad conversation, mm -hmm. right? Like, just like somebody can use a pen to write a beautiful poem, they can also use it to write hate speech. Yeah. Just uh, somebody can use it to build a, use Instagram to build a beautiful business, or they can use it to obsess about other people and all the things mm -hmm. that they don't have. So you talk, you, you've been saying, like, coming into my realist, my authentic story, coming to my authentic story, I'm going to help kind of patch some timeline people. For, you know, you said, stated that you're from Singapore, mm -hmm. but when you and I got to know each other, uh, we did the GMB apprenticeship together. Yeah. You were living in Singapore, but shortly after you moved to Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we've skipped that part. Mm -hmm. and, and I imagine that that itself was a big step and yeah. seeking other uh the people that understand you, which mm -hmm. of course the internet, if it's done anything, it's it's created access to your people and community, even yeah. if you don't have that in um, in real life. Yeah. But so you moved to Thailand. I'm imagining, and feel free to share as much or as little about this. It's because you're breaking out of old story, yeah. and the best way to do that is to remove yourself from the situation where the the story is thrust in your face and yeah. getting that space. So can you speak on that a little bit? Um. Yeah, I moved away from Singapore to Thailand because I wanted to just kind of have a taste of what it was like living outside of Singapore. Because for so long, I've, you know, I was born in Singapore, raised in Singapore. All my friends, everything I knew was in Singapore. And um, I met Eric in Thailand. We were doing this long distance relationship for like almost six months. That's when, you know, there was a job offering that came up in the gym that he was coaching. And I was like, I decided to take the leap. And that in itself is, you know, being in Thailand um, definitely showed me a lot of like um, 
yeah, um, brought up a lot of like the unresolved stories that I didn't know when I was still in Singapore, right? Because like I could easily like distract myself to anything that was comfortable, whether it was you know the people I knew or like certain activities that you know I would always like fall back to a certain like behavioral patterns. Like for me, it was like just seeking more validation from other men and whatever, right? Um, just being a serial dater, mm -hmm. you know. But that was all to distract myself. And then when I was in Phuket, and then it was getting really serious with me and Eric, that's where, like, things started, like, you know, changing my world a little bit. Um, so, yeah, and the time in Thailand was a trip, man, because it's a place with, like, you know, no rules. Everything from, like, the road. Road rules are optional, okay? <laughs> like, suggestions, okay? <laughs> People are not wearing, like, helmets and mm. shit. So, like, you kind of feel kind of invisible at a time. Um, They're celebrating now. But... But yeah, that's where like a lot of people go to too, like tourists. It was really easy to make like oh really strong connections and then bye, you know, like um, kind of like short term, um, not very deep, like superficial like relationships. That was really easy, and you just go after them over and over again. But then, you know, it came to a point where I realized that some of the things that I was doing, um, also within like our relationship too that we're just like not working anymore and that I needed to actually work on myself. Um, you, you know what's funny is because you're talking about this in the context of your relationship to your partner mm. and you're talking about it in your context of your relationship to your clients. Mm. You know, mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. early on we go through this phase where yeah. we're working on those like cheap, non, not, uh, not very deep type yeah. of relationships, transactional in a way. Mm -hmm. And as you want, as you want to evolve and grow in your coaching, yeah. what do you have to do? You have to work on yourself. Exactly. You have to resolve old stories. Exactly. And uh, these things are very, very much over the uh, overlapped. And I think mm -hmm. what you and I are imagining that we're transitioning in our coaching is that because we've integrated this with ourself, we've felt that floor drop away mm -hmm. that old story drop away yeah. and then the only thing left to do is to rebuild with what you want mm -hmm. and then the next step is going oh well what feels authentic and good for me in this moment and then you go oh i don't even know what that feels like yeah, yeah. i don't know how to feel exactly. for that and so then i go oh well i need these tools right how can i check in with myself to know what i'm a yes to what i'm a no to mm -hmm. and one of the th my favorite things to teach people is intuition practice. Yeah. Like literally saying, hey, no, no, no. Not just like what do you think is the right answer. Ask your body what no feels like in your body. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, I, and again, like that started for me when I, I had it some when in, in the martial arts practice. And that was me like early in my career. And then I lose that through CrossFit you mm -hmm. power lifted mm -hmm. we like you know <laughs> yeah. the the the, the lesson that, hit yeah mode. totally and yeah. you're taught to ignore what's going on in your body ignore mm -hmm. the signs because that's not how you grind and get better and, and put in the volume that you need and all these things and then we that leads to a lot of shallowness in our personal relationships yeah uh, i can't even tell you how many times i, I try to ruin it with my partner mm -hmm. and vice versa and then we get into the movement practice we go oh fuck man i couldn't even feel this thing in my rib or like how long has that been there yeah and then you go oh well if i can't feel this in my rib what else am i missing exactly and that's when the rabbit hole really starts exactly. to accelerate like my time of gmb fitness and you know Having gone into it straight after, like, hurting my back from doing competitive lifting and jiu-jitsu at the same time, that really, I think that really was, like, 
my first step into actually listening to myself. And, you know, I started out with just the intent of, you know, trying to understand my body in terms of how not to get it injured and like auto regulation and all that stuff. But then the more that I did it, a lot of the emotional and mental stuff started coming up. It's like, oh shit, now it's real. Mm-hmm. And once that awareness sets in, it's really hard to like turn away because you know it's just then, you know that it's linked to, you know, it. That pain that isn't transformed will get transmitted somehow, somewhere. Whether it's your interpersonal relationships with your partner or like your clients, and you know your family, anyone that you meet around you, it it, it will bleed into all of that. And I got to a point where I saw all of that happening. I was like, oh shit, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I don't even know myself right now. Mm. I tell people it's hard. It's it's hard to see, but impossible to unsee. Yes. You're trying to yes. get to this new level and it's hard to see, but once you've crossed this threshold, it's impossible to go it back. Is. You can't unsee these yeah. things. Yeah. And once you've deeply connected with yourself, like we're now talking about this relationship to ourself that for some people will be hard to understand mm-hmm. because again, it's hard it's it's really difficult to see. Yes. Yeah, but yes. but what did we learn in in movement? It wasn't to see so much, it was to feel. Yeah. And and Feelings are the language of the body. Exactly. Right? Thoughts, language of the mind. Feelings, the language of the body. And when you start to move your body and unlock all of that trauma stored in that tissue has mm-hmm. to come with it. And then your brain starts to go, oh, I don't how, uh, what is this? What is happening? Mm-hmm. And that's why, to me, what we're doing now as coaches, especially in the movement space, is, is part of moving humanity forward yeah. because we've really lost touch with this feeling. We've lost touch because we're so mind dominant, because all of the things are meant to, to engage with our mind. Exactly. Once people start reconnecting with the body, it but it, it is, it's startling and it can be very scary. Yeah. So just because I know you and I know some of your story, I'm going to poke and prod a little bit. Hell yeah. Um, no problem. When we talk about like what it's going to take for people sometimes to really have these breakthrough moments, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, on, the way to get there is through discomfort and pain yeah what were your pain points that you had to go through and what did that look like (laughs) physically how did it manifest uh i felt i would i mean i'm just thinking about like the time where it was like really like bottom bottom i felt like um my throat my throat my traps my upper back was just like super tight you know like that was like there was something that I needed to say or my body wanted to say or my I don't know like inner child wanted to say that I wasn't you know allowing to communicate and you know for the longest time for as long as I could remember maybe since I was like six or whatever I was a kid that always kept quiet because I was afraid to you know, um, cause trouble or, you know, I was a third child. So I always felt like, you know, what I was doing was not enough. I had to always like achieve in terms of like academics or the things that I could do or whatever, but not necessarily like speak my truth. Right. And I always felt that, um, tightness until, um, until I started, um, getting into, into recovery, 12 step recovery group where, I was finally seen by a group of people 
sharing their deepest darkest like secrets and all that and for the first time i felt seen and heard and then the pain started lifting you know and then that helped me get more confident in terms of like speaking my truth within that group and also you know taking the leap to speak my truth to my family and you know coming clean to them about what i'm going through and asking for support in my through my family even though they're like the source of like all the trauma and mm. everything right like just like surrendering hey this is this is me right now take it or leave it right and really just hoping that unconditional love comes comes through somehow like if i get kicked out of my house that that's gonna be fine that maybe maybe that's a better path for me and thankfully that didn't happen but it's really just surrendering to that and yeah following that area inside me whether it was that feeling my throat or feeling my gut like something's wrong or feeling in my lower abdominal and my womb space what that means and just sitting with it instead of trying to like oh i gotta get rid of this feeling you know that covering it up getting exactly. rid of exactly that is the a that is the inclination that's yeah, our that's, that, that's the low-hanging fruit of what we think we should do right exactly for and me it was like the way that I did it is I built what people would thought th call like healthy habits mm. as distractions. Yeah. Like keeping my place clean. I wasn't obsessive compulsive like I had to measure doors and lock them twice or anything. But when anxiety surfaced, tidying was my way of relief. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, w a lot of times we build these uh, mechanisms for relieving stress that we go, oh, this is healthy. Right. But really, you're still it's still an avoidance technique. Yeah. It's still an, a, a way to avoid what's going mm -hmm. on. And one of my favorite books is uh the untethered soul mm. and it's the technique that's presented is so simple yet so insanely difficult it's just to relax into the feeling <laughs> as soon as you notice yeah and it may take you some you know at first it might take you days to notice that you've yeah. been in this space um but once you start to notice and you relax into it you go all oh, right and yeah. then days become sometimes hours, and then hours become minutes, minutes become seconds, mm -hmm. and before you know it, you're just this empty container. Uh, well, one day I imagine I'll get yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> this empty container where, like, oh, things come up, and I'm able to, to process through it right there in the moment. Um, mm -hmm. And and movement was another thing that, to be to be honest, like I would use as a as a distraction technique. Mm -hmm. But again, it's a healthy habit. So for me, it was like, okay. Again, back to the intention, right? Why yeah. am I starting this movement practice? Is it to discover or is mm -hmm. it to avoid? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And, you know, just also using movement as a tool, but not necessarily to kind of like avoid whatever, or to, but to dive deeper into what I actually need, right? Because if I'm like, if I, if I find myself in those states where I'm like numb and spacey and, you know, what I need is something to kind of like maybe I just need to play and kick a ball around or just dance in my living room to some music and just feel my heart beating out of my chest to remind me that I'm alive and that you know I have blood and all this cool stuff flowing through my veins and you know I have a home and I have people around me that love me and you know sometimes you just need that shake you know from yourself to get out of those states and then certain times when i'm like anxious and you know i can't sit still maybe i just need to not do so much and just focus on one movement and that is my breathing mm.
for a bit. Yeah, it's hard. Most people don't think about mo uh, bre breathing practice as a movement practice. Yeah, but, but it's it the is, core. It is, it is the. Yeah, <laughs> it is the, the movement practice. Base like movement that anyone sh could like pay attention to. To, yeah, feel better mm. at any given situation. You know, to be able to be contributing members to society and not be an asshole around mm. the people to the people around you. Yeah. You know. So you're you're in Thailand. You're discovering these, or rediscovering these things, but you're addressing them in a new way, mm -hmm. um, and you start to unfurl that. How long is this? Pro oh, oh, I, I remember. So, <laughs> little little tangent. There's a woman named Peace Pilgrim. I don't I don't imagine she's still alive. But um, Peace Pilgrim was uh, became infamous for walking back and forth across the United States. What? And she spent like decades um, walking back and forth across the United States. And she changed her name. And her whole entire purpose was to use this pilgrimage as mm -hmm. a way to promote peace. And mm -hmm. she said something that was super fascinating. She said there was 15 years between the knowing. And the doing. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so she said, I knew that this was the path that I needed to go, yeah. but it took me 15 years to take action behind it. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take? You said you were noticing these gut feelings, but not acting on them. How, what was, how long, what was the gap between the knowing and the doing for you? Oh man. I mean, I think this started like, I guess the wounds started being like picked around like, Maybe I, I was like 19, mm. right? But then I never, I was in a different relationship back then, and that, you know, was pretty unhealthy. And, you know, I never got into like my space. So it took maybe uh, four, three, four years until I actually, like, oh shit, I can actually tune in. And that is the only direction that I need. It took me. You know, leaving Phuket because our relationship, um, you know, wasn't working at the time. And, like, you know, leaving my dream job. You know, if you're freaking living in Thailand, you know, rolling every day and going to the beach every day. And then I lost that, too. You know, and then going back to the house that I grew up in where all the, like, the trauma started. And, you know, also, like, being broke and, like, not knowing where my next paycheck would come in. Just like it took me losing everything to realize that I'm all I need, mm. you know, to like, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to try to not hold on to all these other outside things. And I'm just going to see where this takes me, <laughs> you know, God help me. And then, yeah, one thing led to another. And, you know, it just the more that I went into the dark parts that really really hurt the really uncomfortable parts and like sat with it the more light came in you know the more the deeper i could surrender the more open i became they say like well the the, co the common phrase is to be the light mm. but the the thing is the darkest place is directly underneath the lighthouse because <laughs> we're being the light and shining out exactly. but but the darkest darkest parts are directly underneath us yeah and it takes other people being their light to shine light on those things because we yeah. don't do this by ourselves uh, I, I mean i imagine somebody you know himalayas right they go to the himalayas they're just like isolated they yeah. work through this on their own my personal uh, uh practice is to 
not work out trauma with other people, but allow myself to be seen by other people that are strong mm -hmm. and know themselves and are willing to give me hard feedback that I need. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other thing that I want to highlight is that you said years years yeah and uh whether it's fitness and their movement practice or whether it's trauma or whether it's like realizing your the life that we live because right now we're sitting if anybody took a snapshot of us right now we're in ocean beach california we're sitting in paradise our our spouses are over here yeah. playing looking yeah. like badasses we got podcast equipment we're in bathing suits it looks so awesome and people go i want that yeah and then they'll go okay i'm gonna start trying and then they'll start two weeks four weeks two months six months go, it's not working it's not working yeah man. this sucks let's uh, yeah i quit you yeah, know, yeah. but that's the thing is that we realize is uh, uh, as the time goes is that at rushing the process is, is is keeping it from happening. Mm. You know, trying to pull, you know, two years into two months or yeah. six years into six months. You know, Azima spent three to four years discovering her own voice. Mm. I spent, you know, it was about the same, right? Like I had a real serious breakthrough moment, like 2015, that just like heart explosion nothing is real nothing mm -hmm. is the same anymore i didn't know it could be like this yeah um and then it takes me several years to click over and to actually start living it and now we're on a 60-day road trip <laughs> and this is something that we talked about in 2015 when we we're having these moments for me it was about five years between the knowing and the doing and like yeah. you um i everything had to fall away yeah and but the thing is I had to allow it to fall mm. away. You had to allow it to fall away because we can grasp mm -hmm. and we can hold. And and because if we lose it, it's it's all that we know. Yeah, it's and, and without it, what what else are we? Safety blanket. Safety yes. blanket. Yes. You know. And identity is a really tricky thing uh. <laughs> because we use a lot because words. We associate our identity through words. Yeah. So if I know Azima, she's a, she's a woman. She's from Singapore. Uh, 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 did you grow up practicing I Islam? Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. like there's another label, right, and another exactly. uh, uh, structure that comes with this. Um, and, and so the more that we start to add words to our character, the more either we start to bind other words to it that actually mm -hmm. aren't, or we tell other people what we are, and mm -hmm. they think they know what that is. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a coach. They're like, oh, cool, you mm -hmm. can teach me exercise, right? I'm like, yeah. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> it depends, Yeah. you know? And so um, what are some of the labels that you've had to – or frameworks that you had to let go of? Uh, um, I would say the first thing that I learned was that I'm not worthy of love. Uh, without diving too deep into this, I remember being six years old and having found out some things about my dad that I realized that oh maybe I'm not worthy of love because he lied to me um, straight to my face at that time and then I was just confused am I not worthy of love and then from that began the oh I'm not good enough so everything I did in school I was learning a little bit of martial arts some silat this like Indonesian Malay martial arts and I went for a couple of days and then cried and <laughs> didn't come back and then did like Malay dance. Everything I did, I was just like never felt like I was good enough, you know. And then, um, yeah, the other labels I had to shed after um, I only managed to actually do it after leaving Singapore, right? Like 
oh, maybe that I'm not articulate enough because, you know, I spent all this time, like, not speaking and not speaking my truth. Um, again, still under the realms of not being good enough. And it's always that not enough or that I'm too young, you know, because I didn't go to university, right? I had to go, go straight into work. I went to work at a mega gym and then shortly after that a couple of years passed and then I tried to manage a gym and things like that and go like freelance and all that but I always had that doubt because it seemed like everyone was going to university and getting degrees and like that's how you know in this day and age that's what is seen as like okay you're legit because you have all these like that's the story accolades yeah that's the story that's the story I was telling myself, right? Um, so I always felt like, oh, I'm not a good enough coach because I'm not smart enough. So that all had to fade away. Um, also coming to America with like no financial support from my family or like no... I actually like intended on staying, like just visiting for like three months to see if this relationship would work out and see where um, my time in America would take me. So I wasn't prepared to completely do the whole immigration process and all that. So I had to, yeah, let all those labels around, oh, I need um, financial help from my family in order to, to succeed, or I can't do this on my own, or I don't know how to take care of my finances. I don't know how to start a business because I don't have all these um, training in school or whatever. So all that baggage, you know, all that stuff is just like baggage and old stories that weren't necessarily true. Because like, that's not the only path to wanting to do what I do, right? I wanted to start an online business where that will allow me to work from everywhere, from anywhere and train people from everywhere and that's possible and I don't need to have like all this help from um, family or whatever whether or not now they do support me after like you know a lot of um, like a little like dark period where we weren't talking I'll get into that later if you want but yeah, I think, like, the more that I stuck to my truth and really dug deeper to, like, all these reasons why not, yeah, the more I saw, I started to build a relationship with that inner child that was stuck there, that was frozen in time at six years old, you know, mm. just getting to the root of that and all that stuff. It's all learned, right? It's all learned from, you know, the environment around me the communities i'm in whether it was like growing up in singapore and then like the environment in phuket thailand where a lot of people were just coming in on vacation and like doing these fitness retreats and you know all different kinds of people and then coming here and the kinds of people that i met and interacted with here so just just separating all these other like stories and what is my story and going deeper into like the root of like myself and spending more time in it and just practicing, 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 going back to that, going back to that over and over again until that becomes so loud that I can't ignore it, mm. you know? Yeah. Well, the name of the podcast is Serious Fun. Mm. <laughs> and one of the story which pre-selected itself before I got to let go of a story, yeah. which was that I had to be serious in order to be taken seriously. Mm. 
Yeah. And what happened is, is when I became like a business owner, when I officially like said, not just like a co-partner in something, like I'm standing alone. This is my idea. This is what I'm about. This is how I'm uh, going to make my statement on the world. And then I put on this uh, business owner thing when I thought I had to be serious. Yeah. And so in that sense, I was being very stern and kind of dry and prickly in moments. And uh, I, I stopped having fun. Yeah. Um, so I've let go of that, and what I've update, what I've replaced it with is I'm taken seriously because I'm intentional. Mm. And so what I want to ask is, the name is Serious Fun. When I say serious now, what I mean is, is like, what are you intentional about? Mm. What are you serious about right now in your life? I'm really serious about feeling my feelings. Because <laughs> that's the source of it. I do it with myself and i often go into those spaces with my clients too um you know talking about like old stories i used to think that being vulnerable was a weakness you know but i've always been this like really soft child you know i was never like the aggressive type and you know one day i may i came to this realization that oh maybe that it maybe it can be a superpower you know and it turned out that it was and you know um the more that i just dropped into my vulnerability like the more um, deeper connections I had with people around me not just you know my friends but also the clients that I have you know and being able to not just be their coach but like their friend too that they can tell like you know all their not all their secrets but maybe if they, if they want, want to, to. share <laughs> I'm that safe space you know mm. you come in with a session with me and you know it's just you and me and this space and safe space where we can have fun we can ugly cry we can you know be angry in the workout just like just be you know and I think that was that's what I'm really serious about is really just feeling your feelings mm. um all and right. it's definitely taken me to a better place, you know. The feeling of the feelings. Mm -hmm. Well, that, and that's pretty much where we started. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> that's what you're serious about. I am. Serious as hell. Yeah. I tell people I'm not, I'm not fucking around about <laughs> having fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's what I was serious about. Right now I'm serious. In this moment I'm serious about uh, doing what I want mm -hmm. because I was doing things that I wanted, but I, I wanted it because I thought other people wanted it. Because I want to be of service. So right now, I think I'm creating things that I want. That's what I'm serious about yeah. right now. And to me, that that is now the way that I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. What is your relationship to fun? How has it evolved? And, like, what is the thing that you love doing the most? Mm. What was the first question again? What's your relationship to fun? Mm -hmm. And how has it evolved? Well, I try to play every day. Right, it's GMB's uh, fun tagline, but always finding some form of play. If, if if it's not through movement, then it's in my taste buds and the things that I cook. You know, anything, especially right now because I'm so far away from home, um, and a lot of the things that I used to eat at home, like you know, that was so is readily available i can't find here so i just like play in that sense too mm. then play in the sense of making the house look nice or whatever or like right now because i'm like building my online business and oh coming up with all these different kinds of offerings or games for my clients and my future clients to explore and play you know not just in 
movement per se, but in pretty much everything. Even if like I'm doing the dishes, how can I make this more fun? Right? Finding a fucking boring task and making it fun. Like farting and laughing at myself <laughs> and like the other day, like last weekend, you know, a bunch of my girlfriends and I we went to Black's Beach, this nude beach over here in San Diego and I was like hesitant because I was on my flow but I was like fuck it and that was was my way to play I was just like free bleeding swimming the ocean dancing in the sand yeah all naked (laughs) you know and that was fun yeah you know anything that makes you know just kind of feels like my spirit's kind of like lighting up Mm. anything that my first reaction says no that's stupid Mm -hmm. you know play is definitely a feeling Mm -hmm. and a state of Mm -hmm. being exactly and I'll tell you like you know, there might be listeners that go, that sound that sounds pretty radical, that version of playing. Uh-huh. Right? Naked on a beach and <laughs> yeah, free flow. But, it, but it's not it's only far out to someone who's just developing the relationship. Yeah. It's a natural evolution from someone who's followed this around because mm-hmm. the he's like, Okay, well that's what I'm now I'm I'm making up somebody that's listening to this show that's <laughs> that's that's having that's at odds with what you're saying. But the, it's like okay, well the question becomes, okay, well then what about that makes them uncomfortable and then that's an invitation for them to go okay well like you don't have to express by going naked on a public beach but you what is it that is keeping you from expressing and you go oh Mm -hmm. that's a good question and then you go oh it's a story oh man okay is this a story i want to keep and sometimes it's yes Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it is yes yes Uh, for now yeah yeah or yes for now Mm -hmm. that's exactly right um so the way that I'm, I'm helping people make some connections. <laughs> the, your fun yeah. is a byproduct of the way that you've been serious. Mm-hmm. You're, atta- you're, you're, you're looking into your emotions, mm-hmm. and now that you've redeveloped and recultivated this relationship, then these other situations just don't seem that scary. Yeah. Because it's just you. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Yeah. And in the end, it's so funny. Because yeah. in the end, it doesn't really matter. No. Because no one cares. <laughs> no one cares other than me. And there's like this story in my head that everyone's going to be like, who's this oh, girl? Who's this person? woman? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's actually paying attention but to yeah, us. Yeah. When in reality, they're in their own head about what they're thinking. Other people are thinking of them too. Mm. <laughs> so it's this like world of make believe that everything's so serious when you can really just play with everything and it won't really matter. Yeah. And it may take years to get there. And it may take years to get there, but you can start with just, you know, for me, it started with just dancing a little bit in my room, like locking the door and putting on some music and then just like doing some weird shit and like, you know, just laughing at myself in the mirror and then just having bits of those moments every day to be like, hey, me, Mm. you're okay, you know, you can have fun. You said play, uh, and you related it to food. I had a guest on. His name is Blake. He's a buddy of mine. He's a nutrition coach. And he said, you know, we've always been taught the story is don't play with your food. Mm. You know, and that's like one of his messages with his yeah. clients. It's like play with your food. And I think that that's such a valuable lesson is because when we say play, a lot of people, again, think that they know what that means. That, mm-hmm. that may mean being physical, but like you said, it may mean playing with your food. It may mean doing art, yeah. you know, just like coloring with a pencil mm-hmm. or just doing something yeah. that feeds that part of yourself. And one thing that I try to teach is if you want to, maybe you don't know where to start. A lot of the clues are buried in our childhood. Mm-hmm. How did we play as a kid? 
for me it was like outside was my happy place mm -hmm. and i was uh what would be known as like a kenneth sleep i liked sports mm -hmm. but it wasn't because i had to win yeah. I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the rules. I enjoyed the playing and the mm -hmm. mastering and the getting better at things. And I find myself doing that now. So if anybody is listening to this and they go, okay, well, I'm now, okay, I get it. Like I, I need to play um, a lot of that. The, the clue is like, where did you, how did you play when you were a kid? Um, do you find that to be true in the way that you show up in your play now? Yeah, yeah, not so much. Um as a kid, I really enjoyed just, like, losing myself in the time just playing. I had, like, a shit ton of cousins. My mom has, like, 11 siblings, so we were always just playing and playing. It was never... I remember I felt the most free when there was no, like, clear goal. Or, like, oh, no one's going to be a winner. We're just playing, right? And that's what I love freaking doing right now is just moving for the sake of moving. Just dancing for the sake of dancing or whatever, right? Just expressing myself in that whatever I am right now and for for a while I got lost in this like kind of like competitive mindset of this like or oh, these results are going to make me happy right or this outcome this specific outcome is going to make me happy and if I don't have that I'm going to be really miserable and I'm going to be so hard on myself because I'm a loser mm. right but that's not the idea of fun that I you know learned as a child that was instead a way for me that I thought that I could get love mm -hmm. you know kind of like you know and then realizing that oh maybe I don't need to get love from anyone and I can like play with that you know no intention of wanting to win or wanting to be the best or impress someone I just wanted to play if I can like spend more time there that is the unconditional love mm. that is the you know what you would call the Tao, right? Yeah. Where you're just in that state of like everything's okay. Mm hmm Just like embracing things as mm -hmm. they're happening. Yeah, where like time and you can't play when you're when you don't feel safe, when you're feel feeling stressed out. That's not playing. Then that's something that you're doing something. Those two states yeah. can't co coexist. No. Yeah. No. No. Ozma, I'm gonna say this, <laughs> and you can receive it or not. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Your story is a true, like, classic, what I would say, truly American tale. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're bringing in something that is what the country that we're in right now is all about. Mm. You're an immigrant, a strong woman, mm. seeking sovereignty and independence, and you came here and you've done it, and now... You're like living in one of the coolest places in the entire world. You're hanging out and doing things that people aspire to do. You're a strong woman. You're a brave woman. You're super courageous. Thank you. And um, I am truly proud to know you. Oh. Uh. And the I mean I'm like I'm not kidding. I'm not I'm not <laughs> filling you up. Like you're true. The reason for this show is to tell real stories mm -hmm. and about real people. And while it may be fun to get some uber famous person that has a ton of draw, what I desire to do is help tell what I consider to be like real people's stories. Mm. And there's nothing more real to me than knowing what, because I know what it takes to be an expat, yeah. to embrace. Let's let's even forget about the fact that we've had this whole conversation <laughs> in English. Yeah. Right. Not mm -hmm. your native tongue. Mm -hmm. And like it's so casual and effortless. We're on the you know, but it's such a big deal 
that especially the average American just doesn't fully understand yeah. what it takes to be able to do this. And so I'm I'm hammering this for the listener and because I want to really show you that mm-hmm. like your story is something that is truly inspirational and um, you have a lot to share to people. And my intention is to connect people that need that energy mm-hmm. and they already know that they need it by this point. Mm-hmm. If they're sitting here at this point and they're like, I Still need this energy <laughs> in, my, in my, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They need this energy in their life. Um, they need to find you, and I know that you'll receive him. So where can they find you? You can find me at musklecat on Instagram. I'll spell it out for you, M-U-S-K-E-L-K-A-T. And you can also find me at musclecat.com, my new website, if you're interested in looking at what I offer. But most of my stuff is on Instagram, and you know, I'm most responsive on there. And you have tons of free content on there where people can go and learn for mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, uh, if you're a woman in in grappling and you want to get yes. moving and love find your body, peeps. yeah, go find the jujitsu peeps. Through. Like always, Ozma, <laughs> um, well, it's been a true pleasure. We have a lot more playing to do and at yeah. least one espresso to have together. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll shut this podcast down and uh, I'll finish with some sort of closer. And uh, I imagine you'll be hearing from at least one person. At least one person is going to go. <laughs> I need this woman in my life. I'm ready for you truly thank you (laughs) thank you awesome thank you so much for tuning in to another serious fun conversation this show is brought to you by you if you like the show you can support it by making a donation rating us five stars or sharing it with others i'm committed to keeping the show sponsor free and i can do that with your help you can subscribe monthly or leave a one-time donation more information is provided in the show notes See you next time.